Confessions of a Martial Arts School Owner is the podcast for martial arts instructors who want to hear behind the scenes of running a school. No fluff, just honest talk about the victories and struggles of running a martial arts school. Now, here's your host, Zach Hayden. Welcome to Confessions of a Martial Arts School Owner. This is episode number 29. Hope you guys are doing great today. I've got something pretty special for you. Um, I hopped on Blab.im. If you've never checked out Blab.im, you can do that. It's a pretty cool little service where you can do video chats with people. Other people can watch and jump in and chat as well. And, uh, well, I met um, Mr. Austin Curtis, a martial artist out of California, on Twitter after he found the podcast here. And we connected online in a couple of different ways and have been talking. And we want to do a blab together sometime. So I uh, asked him if he wanted to jump jump online and uh, blab with me. And he was free. So we uh, did that. I talked uh, about a couple of different things um, it's just a kind of a candid conversation. His daughter Hazel is in the beginning of it cause she was with him while he, uh, was uh, recording. So, um, you'll get to hear her in there as well. Hopefully it, uh, doesn't distract you too much, but it's an interesting conversation. Um, I was excited to have, uh, my first guest on this podcast. I've had some on other podcasts before, but uh, I thought it was fun. So hopefully you will find it entertaining as well. If you see a difference in the audio and stuff, that would be because we were recording through Blab. So uh, check it out and uh, let me know what you think over in our private Facebook group um, on uh, – you can can check out that and more at www.mediacompany.me. And uh, see what all's going on over there. Okay, enjoy the interview. Okay, we've got Hazel and Austin Curtis over here um, on the podcast episode. Hi, Hazel. This is Austin's daughter. How old is Hazel? She is two and a half. Oh, excellent. Oh, and I see the two. Very nice. And Austin, you are a martial arts... um, instructor in california mm-hmm. yep. um i've been doing martial arts forever right pretty much well probably i i did it a while when i was a kid and then um quit like a lot of kids because i had a scary instructor and then uh, <laughs> when i was like 14 my mom married a martial arts instructor so that was uh that was pretty much the start of it from there Lovely. it's about 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 20 years now so awesome you know what? I just saw your name pop up in a forum. I was okay, so I'm I'm looking at like New Year's, uh, holiday stuff, um, you know, fitness, all that kind of stuff. And I, I've got the Hyper Fight Club program, um, and I was in one of the Facebook groups or whatnot, and somebody mentioned actually it was Romeo Gregory, um, said that he was just over at your place checking out your fitness thing, and he said it was amazing that you guys yeah. like pumping them in they're all over there's just like tons of people yeah we've got that's our that's our deal is uh is the fitness program is probably we didn't really know that we didn't realize that we were doing it different than everybody but 
enough school owners told us like wait you bring fitness students in and then they become martial artists they were like really confused and we're like yeah don't you you guys do it different I, it's kind of weird, but, you know you never really know what you're good at till someone else tells you so that's our that's our thing is that we our whole school started and survived not from kids but from adults coming in to get fit and then staying and becoming black belts so and you guys have your own you've got like uh What's the name of your fitness program that you have affiliates and stuff across the country too, right? It's called Cut K U T Kickboxers Ultimate Training. Okay. And uh, yeah, my parents developed it, and it was kind of like formed in the in the UBC yeah. days. I don't know if you remember that but uh -huh. Ultimate Challenge. Yeah. So it's similar, but they um, one of the coolest things is that you get paid every three weeks because it starts every three weeks, which just so happens to be like within a month. So you always get, that's how we made rent, you know, when we first came to school was like, we started another cut. We started another cut every three weeks because um, it's a nine week program. So worked out. It's, it's, uh, it's kept the school alive this entire time. And now they're like, you know, working on getting it to other schools and stuff like that. So that's cool. And it's, it's kickboxing basically like, you know. Yeah, it's a uh, group classes, um, 45 minutes, you know, music, good times. Everyone's wearing fitness attire and you get people like, you get all kinds of, you know, healthy um, people looking to stay fit or people looking to lose weight. Cool. Um, yeah. So it's a different demographic for sure. And then they're then right after their class, they see a martial arts class and they're like, what's what's going on? So. That's how we've been able to keep the classes. And then now we've got, you know, I've kind of been trying to build the kids program and stuff like that on its own through camps and things like that. So, yeah, see, I, I'm, I think I'm going to try this fitness thing um, in the new year. I like the, the fight club, the, I like most of what I like most about it is the branding of it. You know, I mean, they just do a killer job of the, the, the branding and the, the look and feel of everything. Um, but I currently don't have anything just for adults. All of my stuff is, is for like kids and families together. And so the only adults that I have are parents usually of, of the kids that do my program. So we're very faced based on that. I'm interested in doing something for adults that I don't want to teach just a fitness class, but you know, if I have some of the martial arts stuff in it, like some of the fight club or something like that. Um, but we have, you know, I live in a super tiny community. And we have a YMCA that is just like a killer Y, you know, it's like, that's the only place anybody goes for fitness stuff, you know? So it's like uh, trying to figure out what I want to do. We have a YMCA too. And so it's, you just have to remember that you're in a totally different category. Like think about it. I mean, we have a demographic of, um, let's say more than, more than average, like, you know, wealthy, let's say, mm -hmm. Uh, middle-aged women who are kind of bored with their workout routine and all their friends are going to the Y or all their friends are going to the, you know, gold gym or something. And then they're like, well, I'm doing kickboxing, you know, and like, it's the latest thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a market for that, I think in, uh, in our town. And so um, people pay more to be part of like an exclusive thing. And then they're like, well, the instructors, they're not just, you know, fitness instructors, they're, they're black belts and stuff. And yeah. like, whoa, that's hardcore. And some, some of the fitness people are like, well, since I started martial arts, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, 
you're not doing martial arts. Yeah. But yeah. Like, I think that they are because they're like in a martial arts school and it's just, it's got its own like, you know, but it's different. It's, we don't compete with the why, you know what I mean? No one says, I'm quitting, I'm going to the why. It's just, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, that's what I've got to, I mean, because it's, it, to me, I'm having a hard time figuring out the, the mix of martial arts to fitness mm -hmm. that attracts just the right because you've got the body combat and those programs at, at the local Y that are like you walk out of that and pretend like you know anything about martial arts you're in trouble yeah man we're getting some you know <laughs> and, and so it's just one of those <laughs> hey um, this, this guy who's uh watching us here on blab is uh he lost 300 pounds willie that's what? fantastic Dude. his profile says uh weight loss blogger lost 300 pounds fueled that's by running i lost dude that's crazy that's what <laughs> you i lost <laughs> um yeah no i know what you're saying but those like the way i look at all those other fitness programs is they are fitness programs for martial art for martial artists like the way that we do it it's it's fitness classes for fitness people. So there's no, like, we don't talk, we don't really talk about, all right, now when someone's fighting you, you know, you want to punch them in the face. We don't talk about any of that stuff. We're literally like cueing the techniques. They're all hitting heavy bags or the wave, the big uh, wave masters. Yeah. But nobody is, uh, nobody's talking about self-defense situation. Nobody's talking about when you're in the ring. Nobody's talking about, you know, you got to be fight ready or you got to have confidence. There's none of the life skills. There's none of the bowing. There's none of the anything like that. We don't do a creed in that class. We don't do anything. It's literally like all these people in fitness outfits waiting on the side of the floor. They don't even bow when they come on. So some martial arts school owners would be like freaking out. But then you see them like they're all there early. And then, you know, you got me out there in uniform talking with the kids who are all in uniform and they're like yes sir and then they're like talking about the life skills and so some of those parents or some of those people are parents and they're like oh wow this would be great for my kid or or if they stay a little bit later they they see the adult class and then they're they see some of the fitness students run off the mat get in uniform bow and so some of the fitness students will start bowing like they start bowing when they come in the door they, they start like absorbing the culture and it's kind of like coming at it that way rather than, um, you know, you get some fitness person come in and it's a bunch of martial artists who are all hardcore and they're like, you know, cage combat or something. It's like you take the fear out of it and I think you'd be yeah. surprised, you know. That makes sense. That makes but sense. Speaking of staffing stuff, like yes. it takes on a whole different group of like when I was reading your whole martial arts staffing report, I was like, wow, this would be really interesting to compare this to the fitness industry because I wonder where we're at compared to fitness places. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like fitness, people get paid more. There's wait, not going to find any volunteers in a fitness place. No. Um, we have like more staff. We have a lot of people doing different things. Like, I don't know. There's just I, I think we have. I think we also, I, I could be wrong, but it seems to me like in the martial arts industry, we also think that you have to be trained a lot more to, to teach and stuff than fitness people. Like, yeah, I don't think there's like, they'll pick anybody off, off the street, you know, and send mm -hmm. them home with some 
combat videos or, you know, step aerobic videos or whatever and be like, hey, okay, now you're a, an instructor of this. If you like it and you, you know, can keep rhythm or whatnot, they're like, hey, where I think we sometimes to our detriment, I think, like expect that everybody has to be this super high to do anything at the school. You know, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be some standards and qualities, but, you know, having more people with Mommy. lower abilities doing some of the lower stuff, I think. No, I think I think that you're right on, and I think that it should take more for a martial arts instructor to be qualified. Yeah. And, um, we're, we have the same problem. Like, we have a very, like, small bench of, you know, people that we can – like, right now we have a staffing problem with martial arts. Like, our – our five and six year old class is blowing up. And I told all the parents, all right, we're cutting it off. Like we're not in, we're not going to let any new students in until we have a fourth instructor on the floor. Cause it's just like too many kids, you know, um, but trying to seek those people out. It's like, okay, who's, who's this is the list is so long, you know, you're like, okay, they gotta be good at martial arts. They gotta be good with kids. They gotta they have to be like, they have to be willing to come here in the middle of the afternoon, all kinds of, all kinds and of education. Do you find, um, are, are, do you guys look for staff that's, they're part-time, full-time? What's your kind of makeup there? It, it, over the years, it's like become kind of clear to me that we're looking for people that are just like totally in love with the school, first of all. They're like, they, they exude all the characteristics and the culture and everything. And then... And then after that, they do whatever they have to to make it work. So some of them have a full-time job and then they get off early and then they go back to work after. Or yeah. some of them are college students who work, who schedule their classes all around the schedule like I did my entire time in college. You know, I just never did an afternoon class. Everything was in the morning and the evening, right? So yeah. everyone just makes it work. But yeah, there's we have mostly part-time Actually, like all of our instructors are part time, and then our we have a few full time people, and they all know how to teach too. But we try to schedule the classes differently from their regular hours. So, like maybe a day that they're not working, they come in and teach, or and that's weird. It's just it's always that's the hardest part. It's like if someone can do the front desk and can teach, and can do billing or something. Um, they're just bouncing all over the place and found that that's not really a service to them. So we're trying to say, okay, your only job is, you know, this, and you're not, you're not going to yeah. be desk and teach on the same day or. See, and I, I wonder if we should do, it seems like too often people are looking for these superstars that can do all, you know, they can do all the intros. They, they like to market, they like to teach, they like to, you know, close people you know and, and i'm just not sure we're gonna find that many i mean there are some of those people but you know you're not that person the person who can do that it can go out and get a job anywhere you know and is going to get paid good money and we're not all martial arts schools are you know you're going to come in and have a better you know you're not making more money than you are if you go out and, and somewhere else at least when you start and it depends on where you are and and whatnot but like you said it seems Often it's somebody who has to love the school so much that they'll sacrifice a little bit more in another area so that they can come and work and eventually maybe make the kind of money that they want. But I don't know. It, it just seems like it might be smarter for us to spend more time 
finding people who do just one job, you know, and they, they can do that one job and do it really well. You know, maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like when you're talking about staffing, what you're really talking about is you're trying to figure out, am I going to find people that match my ideal system or am I going to create a system around my ideal people? Yeah. yeah. Because you can, you can, okay, I have these superstars and they're only available at this time and you create your whole system all around them. And then, uh, that backfires on you because <laughs> when that person leaves or something, then you have this crazy system that no one else can do. Yeah. And then if you, if you did the opposite way, then it's like, you're like, Hey, you're just replaceable. You only have one job. They don't feel valuable. They don't get paid. They don't, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it almost like the epiphany I had was okay. The person that cares the most is going to be the owner or the person or like, you know, the, the program director or whoever you have that's making the most money. And that's the person that's going to have to do the closing. And that's the person that's going to have to do, um, at least watch part of the intro or be there at some part during the class um, if they're not teaching it also because they have to like have that personal touch with the student yeah. off or on the floor too so I mean we've, we've been experimenting I think just this entire time and just all success I, I see all success is like you know if you're working hard you're gonna be successful but you have a little bit of luck and then you just keep trying new things and hopefully we're, we're coming to the point where we figure it out. But every place, like I've heard you say on the podcast so many times, like every place is different. Every town is different. Every school is different. And well, and I think schools, schools go through these, these cycles though too, you know, like you'll have this group of, you know, killer juniors and great, you know, leaders coming up that are going to be great instructors. You know, I had a great group of, of teens and early college guys that were in high school and they just lived at the school and they helped and they were fantastic, but they grow and they move on. And, you know, it seems like you yeah. schools usually have these cycles that they go through as well. Well, you know, who has a really great way of keeping it consistent is this guy named, uh, Master Greg Horton. Have you heard of him? I don't think so. He's he's got this school called um, Mastery in Rhode Island. He's got like six schools up there, and I went to go visit him um, last year, and actually earlier this year. And he his whole thing is his, his leadership program, and he just has this incredible, like out of this world system where these kids are just like. They're learning part of the part of their part of their uh, curriculum for the leadership class is memorizing scripts, and I'm talking about like intro scripts, intro scripts and stuff. All right, your turn. All right, this is your first introductory lesson. Blah 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 blah. So they could have like a uh, any one of their 11 year olds in the leadership program come in and run an introductory lesson, and it's like it would blow away. A mom who's bringing that oh, yeah. belt in there because the kid's speaking with confidence and he's like you know maybe he's got a red belt on or something and he's like he's like welcome to mastery martial arts you know this is your first lesson in the world of martial arts training and he's like using his hands and he's just i'm like oh my gosh these kids are just like <laughs> unbelievable and then you should see him as like martial artists when they get out on the floor they're just like ah. so he's got them so dialed that there's none of that like 
grooming a couple people. He's like grooming the entire school to be instructors. Even in the way he talks to the kids, he'll say, um, all right, who can be as good as Johnny over here? Oh, okay. Whoa, Johnny, you're really good. Are you, you know, are you trying to take my job? You know, and Johnny will be like, yeah. So he's like, he talks to the kids as if they all want to be instructors, like not even just a black belt. Like who's as good as a black belt? I am, sir. All right. Who's as good as an instructor? You know, he takes it like to the, even to the language. So I was pretty impressed with that. He's probably the, it's probably the best staffing solution I've seen yet where they're all, every single kid raised their hand when he said, who wants to work for me this summer? Like who wants to work in my summer camps? All the kids were like, I do, sir. It's like, oh, yeah. Fighting over the job when <laughs> they're paying students. It's like <laughs> totally crazy. Yeah. Cause that's the thing. You know, how many kids, we all have kids that they're like, they all say, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a Taekwondo instructor. I want to be a, you know, a karate instructor and stuff. But then somehow in, as they do it, we too often we there's something that we do that shows them that they can't be a taekwondo that's not a viable job you know that it's not a viable career and how many times have you had like your star student who you think like oh this guy's gonna be the next whatever and then he's like i got a I got a job at a coffee shop yeah like you're like no like, man i just got accepted into this you know college it's like a and you're just thinking man you know Master Horton almost talks bad about college to the kids. And it's like, I actually, he actually got me like convinced, you know, cause I'm always talking to the kids. Well, when you get to college, blah, blah, blah. But he talks to his kids like, now nah, you could go to college and waste all your money. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Like they all think that uh, they need to get a job right out of high school because like, I love that. They waste time. He's like, he's like, you can learn anything you want on YouTube, you know, this kind of thing. But, it was yeah. uh, it was super cool to see just like all these kids just, and the the parents are all nodding their heads and he's got everyone just lined up. But I'll have to check that out. That's awesome. We got to check out our, uh, I think our messaging, because we might be saying things about being a martial arts school and they're like under our breath, like, well, yeah, we don't get paid the most money, but it's really yeah. exciting, or little things like that, that that sow those seeds, you know. Yeah. Well, and then I thought one of the things because of my community and stuff, I'm not always going to be able to. There are times when I think I have I have this group of students that are they they want to be involved, but I don't have the financial resources to have all these people doing, you know, full day, you know, doing these things. But if more often I can give them some work versus no work mm -hmm. and even I where I am, luckily, and and I'm in, in the ATA organization that I have schools, lots of schools around me, I know I can prepare these students to be instructors. And every week, you know, on our some of our message boards for, for ATA school owners, there's somebody who says, hey, we, we're looking for an instructor. We're looking for somebody. You know, I know I could prepare these students to go out and get jobs in this, which if I make sure that they see those opportunities more often – they're going to be more willing to want to stick with me and, and stick with martial arts instead of going coffee shop or McDonald's or whatnot. Yeah, that's really, that's really cool. Uh, like we have a limited, we have a smaller organization, so we don't have that same opportunity, but I think that, no, that's really cool. That's one of the benefits of something like that for sure. Well, and, 
And I think it's for anybody in some ways, but I mean, obviously for, for ATA, it's nice, but yeah. um, you know, they're, to me, it's, it's surprising how many of these schools are out there looking for staff members, which is one of the reasons I did the whole staffing survey. Cause I was like, you know, I, I don't know. It just seems that the industry is growing um, and there's not a, there doesn't seem to be a, a lot of good talk about staff training. I, I don't know. I just, no, you're there's right. a lot of great programs for, you know, Hey, this is how you do extreme martial arts. So this is how you do this, or this is how you do this in teaching or closing or selling, but there doesn't seem to be a lot on, you know, what great staff looks like. And I think that might be because so many schools do it so differently. Yeah. But that's true. Like it's, it, everyone thinks that their way is the best and, you know, in anything in the martial arts, you know, it's like if I said, I'm going to do a class on how to kick, you'd probably be like, well, our kicks are fine. We're not going to go to that. <laughs> so, and our industry is small enough. I think that we have to kind of look outside of it when we're looking at, you know, like how many podcasts do you listen to that are martial arts based? Probably zero. Yeah. You know? none. <laughs> it's like, none. I, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's like entrepreneurs and all these kind of, yeah. there's, there's much bigger markets out there that are, serving the same needs like staffing stuff and you know i listen to a i listen to some stuff from the dance industry like um there's a great podcast all about having a dance school and they're talking about staffing too you know and it's like they have some similar problems so i don't i don't necessarily think that we have to come up with a solution or you know that i think we just have to get really clear on what success looks like for us mm -hmm. and how we're going to how we're going to make our students or staff successful, you know, like all the good franchises, the reason that they open up another location is for their staff. Yeah. It's, it's because their staff is like hungry for it and they're like, okay, we'll open another one. But for you, like, but they don't, it's like, you can't go in there with the goal of opening up 10 schools because you're, there's no way you can run it, you know, but if you have um, these 10 great instructors over the course of 10 years or whatever that you keep building up and then you have to, give them somewhere to go then mm -hmm. that's the reason you know what i mean but yeah no one i don't know i mean I, I don't know all the books but i imagine that you don't make a whole lot it's probably not a huge return on investment to go open up another location yeah some people screw it up bad i mean it's twice yeah. twice the expenses you know if you've got like you said you've got to have you've got to have the staff there i i think i think what you said about listening to other industries too i think the solutions aren't necessarily, none of them are new, but sometimes we have to bring them in from other areas then too. Yeah. Uh, I think something that I want to experiment with is uh, like a, like getting some VAs in the, into the martial arts industry. I, I think there's, there could be a place for, um, you know, virtual assistance when it comes to some receptionist things, some of the, you know, bookkeep. I, I just think there's some of these things that one of the problems that people have is they say, hey, I, you know, nobody wants a part time job. There are a lot of moms out there that are stay at home moms that would love just a little extra, you know, something, um, you know, and if we experimented with some of these other options now, uh, you know, I think there's there's some neat things with technology and the way things are. Yeah, I'm going to play with because that. I agree with that. I think there's some some stuff we could put out there, but it's like 
I the cool thing about I mean we're charging more than like a lot of other activities and other gyms and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I, I guess I compare ourselves to like a fitness gym most of the time because people come to us they they expect that same level of customer service you know or something yeah. more like a more like a high end gym or like a personal trainer kind of would give them the same kind of attention so when people call. <clears throat> Like we put in an automated phone line and I got a little bit of like lashback about it, you know, just like it's kind of impersonal and they want to just talk to the front desk person. Yeah. But we did that so we could have a front desk person that didn't know all the answers because that was like holding us back. You know, it's like you have to have the program director answering the phone basically. Um, so, but, but still people want to, people want to know, oh, this is, uh, this is Kevin. Oh, hey, Kevin. Like they, you know, I saw you this morning or something. Mm -hmm. I just left my sweater there. Um, but if you talk and it's like, it's like somebody in the Philippines or somebody answering the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm thinking more, um, there's a, there's a lady I've dealt with a little bit, uh, through the ACA. She's done some stuff and she is, she lives in Little Rock and she's a virtual assistant for a, a school owner in, um, New Jersey, I think, or, or somewhere. And she does office work for them, sets up, you know, certain things for them. I don't think she's doing phone things and stuff, but I look at my own school and I've got, uh, the situation that I want to play with sometime is a, a mom, um, of one of my students that if I, you know, with the phone systems, technology and stuff, I could easily have all of the phone calls during the day sent right to her. And it's still somebody everybody knows locally. It's stuff, you know, and there's no reason they wouldn't know, you know, that she's not sitting at the school while she's doing that. Um, But it's that to me, it's, it's giving opportunities to people um, that again, make it, make your students realize that there are jobs in the martial arts industry that they don't always have to go out to, Starbucks, McDonald's, whatever, and get a job um, and making, you know, nowadays people want, um, I I read somewhere that one of the biggest uh, perks people want in their job is is not always pay, but it's um, autonomy. They want more freedom in their job um, and, you know, location, it can be, could be one of those. Anyways, just things I like to think about. People are, people either want time money or what's the other one recognition yeah and um some people you know we all know martial arts school owners that are in it for the recognition um the ones who are in it for the money might not be there as often they might run it more like a business and then the ones who want time um i don't know maybe just teach a couple classes a week or something but you know i think that my my dad's done a great job of um, projecting the martial arts lifestyle. He's 65. He's like really good shape. He can kick my butt. You know, he's just like, <laughs> just hardcore, like hardcore into nutrition, working out. And then he also has this great lifestyle, you know, like you, everyone sees him. He's 10, you know, he goes on vacation and people are attracted to that because yeah. it's, you know, it's more than just being the man when he's on the floor. It's like, He's kind of got his stuff together. You know, he's got like a really great lifestyle. So I think one one thing I've kind of learned from him is like if you want other people to want your job, you better have a job that is worth wanting, right? So 
yeah it's definitely not just about the pay i think that's why we got to make sure we're taking care of ourselves and training like i know you always talk about that just making sure that we keep up our physical training and we're living the life you know yeah yeah definitely that's uh, uh one of the uh, kind of a big deal there hey we need to wrap up because uh we i'm sure you've got some stuff to do hazel ran away though so no sorry sorry about that that's no you. that's okay she went to play with her play-doh probably um i have to head out but uh tell the um audience uh how to um follow you on the the, the twitters or or where wherever they might want to find your stuff yeah um well, i'm just austin curtis on everything Spelled oh, that's nice sounds yep austin curtis i got a website that i haven't updated for a long time austin <laughs> um but um yeah twitter is probably the best spot or uh email austin. i think kickboxers.com i think twitter is how we connected right wasn't it yeah i i think i found your podcast um initially i was so stoked man because it's just like this is perfect your stuff is exactly uh, it's so funny because every time i look at your stuff i'm like look he wants to do blab and he's likes this technology stuff and he's periscope and i'm like dude this is like my my west coast twin i know i think that we're like a week apart I think your birthday's in May. Mine's in June. No, mine's in June. You just, see, dude. Um, yeah, I'm June first, '82, and then um, June when 10th. you started your school, I did the math. It's like that's when we started our school in Santa Barbara. That's I, awesome. I helped, like you know, drew the logo and did all that stuff. Like, yeah, because you, know. you like the graphic stuff, and I mean, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. When I when next time I'm out in California, I'm gonna have to come over to the school and check things out. Yeah, man, definitely. Can't awesome. wait. Let's let's talk again soon. Oh yeah, definitely. We'll do another blab. It'll be fun.